Go, go, Joe. Go, go, Joe. All right, welcome back to the Go, 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 Joe podcast. Yes, it is a mouthful. No, I'm not sorry. Uh, in today's episode, we will be going through the introduction, the first song, oh, half a song and real song okay. of the musical, which is just the intro. Does prologue. It, prologue. Yeah. And then any dream will do. I think we can do those two. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So what's interesting is that well, interesting. <laughs> we are interested in We're interested. all of this. <laughs> Is that for most, many, many years, um, it actually started right at Jacob and Sons. In fact, when the original show was being shot and sorted out, it actually began with a mostly spoken bit called Jacob's Journey, which was about Jacob's life. And was very, very boring, apparently. <laughs> Nobody remembers it. They got rid of it very quickly. But even when you watch the original 35-minute or so uh, version, it just gets straight in there with way, way back many, many centuries, centuries ago. Stop. Yep. <laughs> um, but no, we've, no. Got, we've got an introduction where they're all going into the hall, oh. the assembly hall, in their little uniforms. Their little uniforms. And do you do you believe that kids in the UK wear uniforms like that? I have. Did you think it was just a made-up thing? What did you think was going on? Well, I grew up on a lot of British culture, okay. given the fact that I my dad's British. So, like, I knew that it was a thing. It wasn't like a, what? This is fantasy. Surely you must be jesting. Everybody wearing the same clothes. Ridiculous. <laughs> and they all have ties on. They all have ties. No, They're I knew like it. eight and they have ties on. Yeah, no, I knew about it because of books and also mainly because of this. And then, you know, asking my dad. Oh, And he's like, yes, we could do that. Um, you know what? It's always, like, for years, it took me a long time to understand that the volume is just really low <laughs> in the beginning. Like, it's so yeah. quiet. You, you, you see these kids running walk, around. Don't run. Yeah, walk, don't run. You expect to hear all this noise, and you turn up the volume, because you're like, oh, the volume on my television And then really the music starts and you're thrown away. Not even then. The piano is also really oh, quiet, yeah. and then just... No, it's the... Some <laughs> folks dream of the wonders, though. Okay, but before we get there, before we get there, <laughs> I, I want to research this more, but I'm convinced that the prologue was written after a Pharaoh story. Because there is no reason for them to be the same tune. Like, right. A Fair Story does not work as a reprise to the prologue. It's oh, just okay. a song they gave the narrator to, like, bridge the gap, the, the time jump, essentially, <laughs> of ten years. Yeah. Um, but there's no reason for the prologue. It's, like, I'm sorry, Tim Rice. I appreciate your work. It is gibberish. <laughs> like, it is emotional gibberish. It's literally... Disney Channel, if you believe in dreams and your dreams will make you happy in your heart because dreams. Maria Friedman is Maria selling Friedman. it though. Let me tell you, dear listener, <laughs> when I revisited this film as an adult after realizing that I am indeed a bisexual, I watched this film and I realized oh, this bitch, this woman is the reason I like women. She is like the perfectly designed woman for women who love women. The short hair, the blazer, the crop top, the eye contact, the sincerity. I wish 
I will ever have as much fun doing anything in my life as Maria Friedman has playing this part in this film. And there's this little moment that I absolutely adore right at the end when she goes, the story of a boy whose dream came true and it could be you to that little kid. <laughs> and then like, he kind of looks at his brother like, no, and the brother's like, yeah. Or the, the other kid next to him, I don't know if he's his brother, but I love that moment. It's really cute. And you think when she's coming in and she's a little bit late and she trips and drops a book and everything and you're like, oh, it's gone wrong. Oh. And you really felt the tension as a child. But then she gets up there, the music's, Joan Collins is playing the piano for her. <laughs> that wig. And, and she can perform for the 11 year old. And that lipstick. Here's something I don't understand. Because when all of the teachers walk in, it is very clear which teacher is which. Yeah. You know, you have the coach, you have the head teacher, you have all that. You have Joan Collins. The PE teacher. The PE teacher, right. You don't have coaches. Sorry. PE right. teachers. Right, a coach is a bus. <laughs> um, so, but then, like, who is, who is Maria, who is this woman? She's just been invited. It's a special assembly. In which case, and I'm asking you as somebody who went to a British school, mm-hmm. if you were to laugh at a, t- a, a guest teacher who had fallen over. Like, wouldn't you all be, like, hanged for that? <laughs> uh, it's, it's clear. It's a 90s moving into progressiveness school, you know? I guess, but, like, they're also of all ages. Like, it must be, like, a big, like, the entire um, primary school is there. Like, they're all there. Um, also, as I always found it, like, a weird choice when she sings, they hide their hopes and their heads in the sand. To zoom on the actor who plays Potiphar on his, like, very large face. Like, it always felt like a weirdly fat-phobic thing. And I don't know why. Because it's like, mm, this man, he's stupid. You know why? <laughs> you know what? It's actually um, it's actually a reference to a Jewish um, um, tradition that Potiphar actually bought Joseph as a sex slave. And he was actually gay. And so it's talking about how it's actually homophobia. Or... Um, or just a bad cinematography uh, choice. Yeah, probably not that. No. Like I just said. That would be really funny, though. That would <laughs> See, be... reading into things too deep. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> so at that point, Maria Friedman goes, walks off the stage, walks past all the children. No one's laughing anymore. No one's laughing anymore. You're all gay now. <laughs> and you see the little bits of the dry ice and then the 90s slow-mo. <laughs> and she opens the door. <laughs> And all of the dry ice is just flooding in. Donny Osmond's there with his wig. Donny Osmond with his middle part and his wig. So high up his forehead. <laughs> oh, And his face looks like the squarest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> like a little Lego man. It's so square. <laughs> and again, I will give props to the film for the arrangement. It's at least interesting. And... It doesn't sound to I am singing on beat because that's what Andrew Lloyd Webber told me to do. And this was a change from the original as well with the Annie Dream will do because that bit was at the end where it makes sense narratively. They still do that, but they also have it at the beginning. And I, for the life of me, for the life of me, I don't know why. I think it's just because Donny Osmond wanted more screen time or something, but... I think it was to pad out the thing into a proper full-length musical this yeah. was before 
this was this was the 90s run at least um might have even gone back to the broadway thing yeah broadway show but it was definitely to turn this into not a school play yeah this is a real musical we promise yeah so yeah from the 91 version they had any dream will do at the beginning so and but they didn't have it in the 82 version okay so this must have just been an addition like you said you know we're, we're new we're broadway we have jason donovan let's give him a solo Sorry for the Donny Osmond slander from before. Um, I say the word slander a lot. So, uh, yeah, and like, Donny Osmond, as an actor, he has his moments in the film. He has some nice moments. This is not one of them because he has no intention. I have no idea. What, like, is this him before the show where he's just like, yay, I'm an 18-year-old. Like, Is this fun. an actual dream, as the title suggests? Is this Donny Osmond playing himself? <laughs> what is going on? But then he sings the first verse. He goes and kneels next to a bunch of children. They get to join in. And they get to join in. Which as a kid, when you're watching it, you're like, yay, this Especially is for me. Especially when they're wearing the same uniform you would be. <laughs> like, I was there. But like, there's this little girl that he goes up to her and she looks so uncomfortable. Like, her, her lower lip is going so far into her mouth. She's like, oh, like, she's like, oh God, get him away from me. And then a crash of drums flash of light my golden coat he's like having his little moment and then he sinks down to the floor to join the simpletons <laughs> they'll come in and then he ends it he ends the number surrounded by these two perfect little blonde haired blue eyed children <laughs> the girl child of which misses her cue <laughs> in the any dream any dream well she misses her cue she comes in late and then Donny Osmond looks into the camera and bears into your soul. In a way nobody wants. In a way nobody wants. And sings, Any dream will do. So when comparing it to previous versions, again, it was only used as the ending song up until the 91 revival. Which is London. If we ever say Broadway, we're wrong. Yes, <laughs> London. We just get confused because there are so many. Um, and it did actually make it to Broadway. It did actually make it to Broadway, which is surprising, but not more than I think that one time in the 80s. Um, so, no, it was the 1991 London cast with Jason Donovan where they put it at the beginning as well, probably to pad the runtime, as we said. Now, <laughs> there is a delightful version of it that we just saw together uh that was released as a single yep because you gotta have that pop single if you've got that pop star especially in the 90s and andrew Nurky weather needs to make more money obviously allegedly <laughs> and it's jason donovan like in this like kid theater like the school theater not not the assembly no hall. no no this is a real theater it's just small Okay, so I'm just being wrong. Um, you just expect a bit more of the production, I guess. And he's just lounging on the stage. With his foot up. His foot up in the spotlight. And he's the got a spotlight on his head like a halo. And like the camera does this weird zoom and cut and zoom and cut. And then he's behind the scenes. He's backstage. And he's and got the most enormous <laughs> blazer jacket on. 
shoulder pads straight from 1985. And he's singing very soulfully into a corner. Into a corner, leaning on a ladder as a stagehand walks by. <laughs> and then we cut to him. He and that ladder have been through a lot together, okay? <laughs> and then we cut to him on the stage on a double rotating platform a la Hamilton. He's standing in the center, not moving, and around him in a big circle, there are just children spinning. Because <sighs> it's a kid's show. Because it's a kid's show. A family. A family show. Family with show. kids. With kids. Four kids with kids. <sighs> and they're he, just there. They're just there. They're just singing the kids' parts. But um, <laughs> it's like, it's upsetting because for the like, First, like, minute of the music video, or maybe less, he's not looking into the camera. He's looking into the middle distance. The cuts are on random beats, and they don't make any sense. The camera angles are bad. But then he suddenly looks into the camera. And I'm okay with Maria Friedman staring into my soul. I would pay her to do that. But also, it's her job as the narrator to break the fourth wall. Exactly. But he just, in the middle of the video, just looks into the camera, and I hate it. (laughs) I hate it every single time. And then, like, he... He think he's in the spinning circle, but this time it's with hanging candles. And, like, he's trying to be sexy. Yeah, don't be sexy in the family show. Don't be sexy in the family show and in the song about dreams. Now, something we noticed is that they mention in the lyrics, I wore my coat with golden lining. Yeah. Which, sure. Well, that, you know, it's not explicitly not there if it's a coat of many colors, even though it's supposed to be just a striped coat, but whatever. That's... Well, semantics. Translation issues. Biblical semantics. But then at the end, in in the bridge, uh, a a crash of drums, a flash of light, my golden coat flew out of sight. Maybe it's like that internet meme where there was the blue and and black dress or the white and gold dress, depending on if you have the visibility turned up on your phone or not. So from, if you look at it in lower visibility, it's golden, but in high visibility, it's uh, red and... uh, Technicolor. It's it's, it's red and yellow and green and brown and scarlet and black and ochre and peach and ruby and all of them. (laughs) So that's just like a weird little um, lyric hiccup from uh, Mr. Tim Rice. We will slander him as well. Yeah. Equal opportunities, hatred for rich white men. Plenty to go around. Um, so it's just a weird choice, like, to call it the golden coat. And also, that's not what happened. It was not a crash of drama, a flash of light. It was your brothers trying to kill you. He went through a lot of trauma, and that's how he remembers it. That's how he remembers it. it. All right, okay. you know what? sure. But then, may I return to the beginning? Again, it's this weird... It exists in this weird space between di- the diegetic and the non-diegetic. Yeah, it- that's really the bit where you go, oh, this was only at the end. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to put it in the beginning because then you're not sure, is he singing it as Joseph or is he singing it as himself? Whereas in the end, it makes sense. Whatever, they needed to have the runtime and they wanted to give their star more solos. And because, they wanted a single. And they wanted a single. Honestly, probably just because they wanted a single. Now, something that I noticed, we listened to a bunch of different versions as well. The Gary Bond oh. one, even some of the future ones. All of them, from the beginning, may I return to the beginning, if, if, if you will. It's The song is in C. The song is in C, and then at the very end, and, and the reprise of it, even though it's original, there's, there's the key change up to D. Whatever, I'm just talking about the, the beginning one. It's all in C. 
Johnny Osmond <laughs> decided to Andrew Rannells this shit and be like, no, no, this is not high enough for me for my tenor. I need it in C sharp. It's in C sharp. It's in C sharp. And like, if you're a musician, you know that C sharp is no. Does he do it in the stage version as well? Yeah, in the one in, in the in the in the in the Canadian cast. He yeah. also does it in C sharp. Like, we get it. Any dream will do is kind of low, but to force everybody to play in C sharp that is sadistic. <laughs> Musicians know what I'm talking about. C sharp is not a fun key. For anybody, but Donny Osmond just, uh, I'm a tenor, Donny Osmond, musical theater tenor. Look at my curly hair. Look at my fake wig and my high forehead. <laughs> oh, God. And then, like, and we'll talk about the reprise when we get to it, but it's mind-boggling. <laughs> but why, forward. why cast him if he can't sing it? Or if he's so close to being able to sing it that it's just a half step up. And I understand that it is a significant difference. I know sometimes literally just a half step or a full step can make all the difference. But just pitch correct him a little bit down there, okay? Like, just let him speak it. I don't know. They really wanted him for the star power for this Canadian production. And for the... the and then they one. were like, to, all right. Obviously, Jason Donovan and Donny Osmond were on the same caliber of stardom back in the <laughs> 90s. People were tearing down the stage door to get to Donny Osmond. <laughs> noted Mormon and Jackson family, Jackson 5, like, impersonator Donny Osmond. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, that's the prologue, and any dream will do. The prologue isn't much of note in any of the productions. I think also because it's something that's new. Yeah, and so we can't really compare it to all the interesting choices that have been made over the years no. because it, it has now become the way you do it. Yeah, except for that, again, Andrew Lloyd Webber and his inexplicable key changes. Yeah. Like, why? He hates all his singers. He hates everybody, but specifically the female ones. Allegedly. One, allegedly, allegedly. Because this one was written for for the woman. Yes. Because it didn't exist when before was, the, the narrator was a man. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, why? You are what you feel, but all that I say can be told. Like, there's no dramatic reason for it. <laughs> it could have just stayed in the same key, and it would have been lovely. Like... There's no reason to not do, uh, you are what you feel, but all that I say can be told. That's lovely. Why do you, but all that, and Andrew, Andrew, I'm not angry. Well, that's a lie. I'm angry and I have questions. I need to understand why you do this every single time you get your grubby little hands on a soprano. Okay. So that's it. Yep. That's it for this week. Uh, we will see you next week for Jacob and Sons. Yeah. Things will get interesting. Things get very interesting because this is one of the original, original songs. It'll be very fun. Talk about the costumes and the choreography. All the, all the choices that have been made over the years. The beards. Those the hair. Stick-on beards. The wigs. The hats. The lack of women. The lack of women. Well, we already know about that one. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.